What's up? All right. Where's my chair right there? All right. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Tonight's a big night. Uh, that was awesome. And yes, the doghouse is empty. I'm so excited to find out how it finishes tomorrow. But now here's the thing. Uh, I noticed we had a, a lot of yelling going on during the skit. I've noticed the last few nights some of you start to kind of sleep a little bit because you're tired. So here, see, look, homeboy's already resting his head like, oh, here we go. Okay, look, I, need, I give you permission tonight. Here's the thing. I need you to hang with me because this is super important. And whatever... Whatever amount of energy you have left, okay, just get, get upright right now, like get your shoulders straight, grab your Bibles right now, like get yourself ready. If the person next to you kind of starts to nod off very gently and nicely, you have my permission to kind of like, you know, like, hey, wake up, dude. Okay, don't be mean about it, all right? I really need you guys to hang with me. Now, here's the deal. Um, I do, once again, uh, hey, big round of applause for Isaac and the band. Are they not like just awesome up here? Super cool. Love, love worshiping with them. They have done such a great job. Now, here's the deal. Uh, we talked this morning about the worst message that anyone could ever give, the most depressing. And I know some of you probably walked out going like, man, this place, this is, this is not right. Like, come on, Chip, you got to do better than that. And I promised you that we would go into the greatest news of all, the best news. So we went from the worst story to now we're coming in the best, all right? Because John 3, 16, and Isaac was kind of talking about this love, but you guys know this verse. I don't need to necessarily read it for you, but if you know it by heart, why don't you say it with me? John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Look, I love that part because it opens with, for God so loved the world. And what that meant, guys and girls, is that God had a plan from the very, very beginning. Before he created the world, before Adam and Eve sinned, before it all, God had a plan to save us. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, all right? John chapter 14. Now, we kind of skipped over a few from the last place they were in, so let me just give you a really quick, like, kind of bird's eye view of what happened in chapters 10 through 13 before we get to uh, verse 14, okay? In chapter 10, we see Jesus in Jerusalem, and he's reiterating to the people that he is indeed God. And he says things that, that we kind of saw in the trial here that he said, I and the Father are one. And actually, there was a moment in this chapter where the Jews actually, uh, uh, some of the Pharisees pick up stones to actually stone Jesus, just like they were doing to the women. And, and, and Jesus uh, kind of got them off of that and, and helped them to understand that he is God. And then in chapter 11, uh, Jesus raises Lazarus, his buddy, from the dead. We saw that on Monday with um, Lucky, right? When, when he raised Lucky from the dead, Jesus did that with an actual guy named Lazarus after a few days that he had been dead. And you can imagine that in that moment when Jesus did that, that there were several people who started to believe that he was indeed the Savior. But what was interesting about the Jews at the time is... Most of them were looking for a different kind of savior. That whole prophesized savior that they were looking for and waiting for, they were looking for somebody a little bit different. And in chapter 12, we get to Jesus' final week on earth. 
And in that final week, he has this moment where he's in this upper room with uh, his fellow, with his disciples, and he actually washes their feet as a sign of putting them first. Super gross, but he was awesome the way that he did that. Um, and then he starts to prepare them for the fact that he's about, uh, that the end is coming soon. That the ultimate moment for the Savior is about to come. And this, of course, sends the disciples into a spin. They don't understand. All right, so you're caught up. So now let's read John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have not told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, listen, and this is an important verse. You ready? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, there's a lot to pull out from this passage. And I think one of the first things is, is Jesus is up in this upper room with his disciples, and they're starting to freak out a little bit. And Jesus is saying, listen, don't be worried. Okay, God has a plan. God is in control. And he's like, I got you. All of this is good. And I need you to know that when I leave, I'm going to go prepare heaven for you. I'm going to get it ready for you to come. And their response is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait. You're the Messiah. You're the, Messiah. You're, you're the Savior. You're, you're God. Like, you, you can't be leaving us. Where are you going? And then Jesus makes that we just read in verse 6 the most profound statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, listen, this is the most epic thing for Jesus to say. And one of the central lines in all of the world that's ever been said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to the Father except through me. We need to back up a little bit. Everybody, let's back up. Oh, do it with me. Come on now. Okay, good. Okay, so here's the thing, okay? Let me ask again, what's the cost of sin? What's the cost of sin? Death. Death. Okay, so here's the deal. Back in the Old Testament time, in, 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 the book of the Bi- in the books of the Bible before Jesus came to earth, we read the stories about the Israelites, about God's promise and everything uh, that he did. Now, one of the things that God set up for the Israelites to um, set up was this death. Was, um, this death was this temporary payment for the price of the Israelites' sin because Jesus hadn't come and died for them yet, right? And so there had to be a way, there had to be a cost for their sins, and so there had to be some sort of death because that's the cost. And so God's people, the Jews, God had set up this whole deal where um, to pay, and and I'm going to really simplify this, okay, but to basically pay for their sins, there had to be an atonement, there had to be a payment of death, right? And, and so instead of like, you know, just killing somebody, because that wouldn't have worked, um, what they did was they killed a, a sheep, and they would actually like cut it, and, the, and then they would put it on an altar for its blood uh, to be on there, to, and its blood would be shed to pay the price, death, for their sins so that they would be forgiven. Again, this is before Jesus came. And so that's what the Israelites would have to do to pay. Now, not only did it have to be a, a, a sheep, a lamb, but it had to be a perfect lamb. Okay, so what that meant is like no blemishes, no spots, no moles, you know, no hair going out of the wrong place. Like, uh, you know, they, they couldn't have be cross-eyed and drooling all the time. I, you know, it, they had to be a perfect lamb. 
a perfect lamb, lamb without any blemish. And only that perfect lamb being slain could pay the price for their sins, that death. So do you understand how it worked in the Old Testament? Right? What was the death that was paid? Was the death of a perfect what? Lamb. lamb a perfect lamb. Now, so I come home from baseball that night. Yeah, I was, I was playing baseball. And I come home that night, and my dad is waiting for me. And I, you know how just that moment when, like, you look at your parents, and they look at you, and you're like, oh, no, they know, <laughs> right? And I walk in the door. Yeah, you know, okay? And I walk in the door, and uh, my dad says, uh, Chip, you need to come with me. And we walk into the garage, and there's this, like, brief moment where I'm like, you know, maybe he just wants to, you know, give me a Snickers bar or something. I don't know. Um, and I walk into the garage, and I see laying on his bench the screwdriver that I stole. And my heart sank. And my dad said, you know, Chip, um, you messed up. Uh, and while I love you so much, there's a cost to your sin. Now, I grew up in the church, so I knew that the cost of sin is what? Death. Death and so I peed my pants right there. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. My dad would never do that. Okay. But, but my dad said, look, th there's a cost to, uh, that has to be paid. And my dad said, look, you're going to have to be punished. And so him and, him and my mom went and they talked it over. And then that night before I, uh, I got into bed and he, he climbed up uh, and sat next to the bed next to me and he said, here's, here's what your mom and I decided, that your cost uh, isn't death, it's not $5,000, but the cost to your sin is going to be that you're going to have to go back to the hardware store where you stole it from, you're going to have to confess to the store manager, and then you're going to have to pay for the screwdriver with your own money. So you're going to have to bust out two bucks and you're going to have to pay for the screwdriver. And I'm going to be honest, I started bawling. Like, I was crying, and I was like, okay, this is what has to be done. And so I remember, again, it was like December, and so me and my dad, we go to that hardware store, and I remember going into the hardware store, and I'm so nervous, and, and I'm scared, because, and I, I go up to the, to the, um, the, my dad asks for the manager, and the manager comes out, and I go up to the manager, and, and I remember, like, being, like, just bawling. I, I couldn't even, like, and I pull out my $2, and I <laughs> Sir, I stole from you this screwdriver. And I'm bawling, I'm dying, and I've got my $2, and I'm about ready to hand him the $2 because that's what the cost was. I had to go to the hardware store, I had to confess, and, the, and I had to pay my $2. And so right as I started to pay him, the craziest thing happened. And you know what's better than one cliffhanger? Two cliffhangers. So, <laughs> no. I know, okay, okay, listen, listen. I promise I'm going to get back to it in like five minutes, okay? This is not, this is not tomorrow. Okay, hang on. Let me, make, let me make one point and I'll get right back to it. Okay, here we go. Listen, listen. I'm going to tell you a second. Okay, let's get back to Jesus' last days on earth because this is important. All right, I'll get there. Don't worry. John 14, 6, okay? John 14, 6, Jesus was telling the disciples, you know how the, the, the cost of your sin is death. And you know that you had to sacrifice a perfect lamb to pay. That was the debt that was paid before. But now, listen, I'm here and there's going to be a new way. I'm changing things. In fact, there's going to be a new perfect lamb and it's going to be me. 
is what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. And so what he's saying is that no one, no one can have eternal life with God. No one, look at me, no one can spend eternity with God unless it goes through the only channel that can go through now, and that's through Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for us. And, and that's Jesus, what Jesus was saying is our first absolute truth for tonight. And that's through Jesus' death and resurrection, he alone has the power to forgive sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so, guys and girls, Jesus went on the remainder of that week, and he left the disciples. And we read in John 18 that actually you guys saw that happened with Theo, but Jesus gets arrested. And I think you guys are old enough to handle this. And so I'm, I'm not going to get super graphic, but I need you to understand what happened to Jesus Jesus, who is God, 100% man, but 100% God, who, who breathed us into existence and yet chose to become one of his own creations and come down onto this earth, Jesus chose to allow himself to be arrested and to the point of putting on trial, and then they beat him badly, and they whip him. And, and, and maybe you've seen some of the movies that, that kind of play this out. I don't know if you've ever seen Passion of the Christ. Most of you are probably too young to have seen it. As you're getting older, maybe it's going to be okay for you to watch it. But part of the difficulty, if you've ever watched that movie, is you're watching it, and they're whipping and beating Jesus in this movie, which is what really happened 2,000 years ago. And I remember the first time I saw that movie, and I kept saying, like, stop, stop, please, stop doing I don't need to see that anymore. And yet it kept going on in the movie. And guys and girls, that's what happened. Jesus was beaten and whipped over and over and over. And he took it because he knew it's what had to be done. He knew that the, the price for your sin was the death of a perfect lamb. And I didn't tell you guys this, but that was the thing about Jesus. Though he was 100% God, he was 100% man. He could have sinned. And yet Jesus was perfect. He knew no sin. In fact, that's what first, or 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. It says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because of our sin, we deserve death. But because Jesus never sinned, he was able to be the perfect lamb for us to die on our behalf. So there I am with my $2.00. And I pull it out like this, and I'm shaking, and I confess, and I'm crying, and it's pouring down, and I go to hand the $2, and all of a sudden behind me, I hear this, this old man, and he says, hang on a second, son. And the guy's, I, you know, he's weeping himself, and he turns and he says, son, uh, listen, I need you to understand something that I, I know that you deserve to pay that $2, but I'm a little touched by what you did right now. And so um, what I'm going to do is, and he reached in his pocket, and he grabbed $2, and he handed it to the store manager. And he said, son, now he didn't know that I grew up in the church, but, but this, this guy says, I, I want to 
do this for you because I want you to understand that you deserved the punishment. You deserved to have to pay the $2. But I'm going to do this for you because I want you to understand that there was a man named Jesus that did that for your sins 2,000 years ago. Now, listen, I, my dad and I swear to this day that it had to have been an angel. I mean, it was the most epic moment of my life where this old man paid the price for what I rightly deserved. And it was only $2, right? And yet he did that as an example for me to help me understand that, listen, that's exactly what Jesus did on our behalf. See, we, we deserve death for our sin, and yet Jesus said, no, you know what? I will lay down my life. I'll be the death. I'll be the perfect lamb to pay the price for your sins. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, I can't believe Jesus did that, but it's pretty awesome. Let, listen. Let me give you a little, let me, let's do a quick little story. We'll make this a little fun. I know that was heavy and pretty deep, so let's do a quick little story. I need, I need uh, two people up here. I, I need boys. I, I need boys, unfortunately, boys. Okay. Uh, you, look, you two guys right there. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what? Life's not fair, buddy. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. All right, you there. You? There. All right. Hold that. Don't actually pull this back. I learned last time, never pull back a dry bow, so just pretend when we get to that part. All right? Okay. Where's my sheets here? Okay. When we get to the part, you're going to read what's in yellow. Can you read? Yes. Okay. Whew. You looked at that like I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. Okay, <clears throat> are you ready for the story? Now, don't worry, you have a part to play. When I say the crowd does something, you need to do it, okay? All right, are you with it? Okay, I'll tell you, it'll I'll tell you. Okay, here we go, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a kingdom, and in the kingdom, there lived a king. Everyone say, hello, king. And the king was the greatest king of all. He ruled his kingdom perfectly, and he was fair and just, and he loved each and every person in his kingdom so much that he wanted desperately for them to spend forever with him in his kingdom. And so each and every year in the kingdom, all of the 13-year-old boys and girls would be summoned to the king's courtyard to take part in the ultimate archery contest. You see, everyone, lived, everyone in the kingdom lived for this contest because this was their chance to live with the king forever. And each kid spent hours and hours each day in target practice. They had gotten very, very good by the time the day finally came to go up to the hill to the king's castle and participate in the contest in the courtyard. Thousands of people were there. It was all very terrifying. Now the trumpet sounded. Let's try that. Let's try that again. The trumpet sounded. Okay, and the rules were read by the king. Real loud, real loud. Each contestant will receive 10 arrows to shoot at a target. If the contestant has a perfect score of 10 bullseyes, he or she will come to live with me forever in my tower. I want you all to succeed. However, if you miss any, even just one, you will get to live with me and instead will be penalized by death. A grasp, a grasp, a gasp went over the crowd. Now, now, one boy in particular 
stepped up ready to take part in the contest. Now, the boy was scared. You see, even the master archers weren't good enough to make 10 bullseyes with 10 arrows. The trumpet sounded again. And uh, the games had begun. Soon, it was the boy's turn to stand up on the mark. And so he stood up on the mark, and he took his first arrow out of his quiver. Oh, very good. And he set it in its place. And he lined it up, and he started concentrating as hard as he could. And then right as he started to fire and aim, he noticed that a little way off, the royal prince, the king's own son, stood too. He was also taking part in the competition. But why? The young man didn't understand. But he had to forget him, and he had to focus. And so he pulled the string back, and he let it fly. Bullseye! One for one. What a wonderful feeling the boy had. And so he took out the second arrow, and he was annoyed to see that the prince was pulling back his arrow as well. The boy had to concentrate, and so he shot the arrow. Bullseye! Two for two. Only eight more to go. He grabbed the third one out of the quiver, and he took careful aim again. He fired. Boom! Three for three. Bullseye! He'd never done so well, and he was starting to feel confident. He lined the fourth arrow up with much concentration, and so did the prince. At the same time, the boy let it fly. Miss. A bright red zero went on his scorecard. He took the fifth arrow, and he let it fly. Bullseye. The sixth arrow hit the bullseye as well, and now he was getting really nervous, and he actually missed the target completely with the seven-hour arrow, but that was the last. Eight, eight, nine, ten, all hit the bullseye. The scorekeeper handed him a card, and it had two big zeros on it. Show everybody. Yeah. The scorekeeper handed it to the young man and he said, congratulations, this is the best that I have ever seen. You need to hand the card to the king over there. And, and the boy thought, wait a minute, the king surely wouldn't put the boy to death for the greatest score the scorekeeper had ever seen, would he? He was scared and he slowly started to walk towards the king. And as he did, the prince came up alongside of him. You know what? I want you to take my card, the prince said. You see, the prince's scorecard was spotless. It was perfect. Show everybody. He had hit 10 out of 10 bullseyes, no misses. And the boy said, but wait. If you trade with me and you take my scorecard, you're going to be put to death. And the prince said, I know. And the boy received his card and he went and he handed it to the king and went to live with the king forever. The end. Good job, boys. <clears throat> Nicely done. All right. All right. Now, okay. So, did you all catch the story? Like, I, I just wanted to give you kind of just a fun illustration. Now, listen. Stay with me. So here's the deal. Jesus was the prince. Jesus is the perfect 
sacrifice for our sins. He never sinned. He was the perfect lamb. And yet, he stood in our place. He took the punishment of death that we rightly deserved. And, 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 and as you guys know, as we're going to find out tomorrow in the skit, he didn't stay dead. Because the coolest thing is three days later, just like Lazarus, he rose himself from the dead. And he went up to heaven to prepare a place for us. So here's the question that I want to ask you all tonight. If Jesus is the way, if Jesus is the truth, if Jesus is the life, and that no one gets to have eternal life with God except through Jesus, what's your response? What's your response? Because here's what Romans 10, 9 through 10 says. Listen to this. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. See, our, our absolute truth number two tonight is that eternal life with God comes only through what that just said is confessing or repenting of our sins. So that's what confessing means, is that you repent of our sins. The word repent literally means to go the other direction. So like you're moving this direction and, and you're sinning, and to repent means that you pivot and you go 180 degrees the other way, right? You go the opposite of what you're doing. See, and it's only because of what Jesus did on the cross that we can repent for our sins and have a right relationship with God. Jesus is the only way. We talked about this before. Like a lot of people will try to be good and think that they can get into heaven or go to church and get into heaven or be uh, charitable or do good things. None of that is worth anything. The only way that we get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a pastor, 45 years old. Maybe you don't take my word for it. Um, I want you to watch this short video. This is Ty. Uh, he was a fifth grader at the time. And just listen to what he tells you about why he chose Jesus. Check it out. You can cut it right there. There's a couple things that I wanted you to notice with Ty that he said there that I think were re was really cool. Is one is he said that I didn't deserve this. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Look at me. You don't deserve what Jesus did for you. I don't deserve what Jesus did for me. And yet he chose to do it. He chose to pay the price for our sins, for the death that you deserved, eternal separation from God. And the other thing that Ty said that I love is he said, this is my choice. 
Not because anybody else, I know this is my choice. And as a fifth grader, I just love, I use this video all the time because he sums it up so well. Look at me. This is your choice. I, I, I left you with a question yesterday of who is Jesus to you? And tonight, I want you to maybe answer that in maybe a way that you've never answered it before. If Jesus claims that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes in the Father except through him, well, who is Jesus to you? Do you believe that he was telling the truth? Do you believe that he's God? Do you believe that he was the perfect lamb? Do you believe that he is the only way that you can have eternal life with him? Now, I need you guys to understand that this is your choice. I said this yesterday. No one can make this choice for you. Your parents can't. I can't. Your teachers can't. Your, your administrators can't. Biscuit, Wagonmaster, Jeb, none of them can make this choice for you. I need you to understand, you are the only one responsible for your relationship with Jesus Christ. You are the only one who can answer the question, who is Jesus to you? No one can decide it for you. And so here's the thing that I want to do tonight is I want to give you an opportunity, just as Romans 10 said, to, to have a chance to believe in your heart and not just believe in your heart, but to confess with your mouth that you believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he's the perfect lamb who died on your behalf. And, and, and I understand that like maybe you're sitting here and I'm saying like, hey, you need to make a choice. And you're like, I know, but I still have more questions. And that's totally cool. Like I said, asking questions is good. There are adults around you that would love to dialogue and, and help answer those. So this is what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to ask you guys uh, to bow your heads in just a second. You don't have to do it right in this moment. But I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm, I'm going to pray something that just kind of goes through this, like, look, Jesus, I understand what you did for us. Um, I, I confess my sins to you, and, 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 and I want to believe, and, 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 and I want to invite you to, or I, I want to follow you with my life. Because I believe that you're the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you. And so I want to take that step. And, and so as you can do that, like, don't pray it out loud, okay? You can just pray in your heart, all right? Um, but maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I'm not quite ready to make that choice yet, but I have questions. After we're done praying, what we're going to do is just have you guys chill for a little bit, and you can stay and you can ask some questions afterwards, okay? But let's do this right now. Bow your heads with me, and let's pray. And again, just, just in your own heart, you can kind of just pray this with me. And, and, and maybe, for some of you, even though you go to a Christian school, maybe this is the first time you really honestly talk to God. So in the quiet of your heart, just say, hey, God, I know I've sinned. I messed up. And I know I deserve death. Eternal separation from you. And I do believe that you died to take my place. you gave yourself on the cross and, and that you rose from the dead. And so tonight, I want to declare that I believe in you. And I want to choose to give you my life. Amen. 
So here's the thing. If, if you prayed that along with me, and, and I'm going to ask you guys this in, in kind of some steps. Like, maybe some of you guys have prayed that before. And so uh, if this is the first time that you've ever, like, prayed, you know, said those words to God and believed and confessed, or maybe, maybe because you're older and, and, and you just realize, like, look, this is the first time, like, I really understood what I was doing, then, then I'm going to ask you to be a little bit bold because this is a big deal. Like, this is the most important choice and decision you will ever make in your life. And so I want you to be proud of that. And so what I want you to do is, if you did that, then just right where you're at, can you just stand up right now? Like, if that's what you prayed, just stand up. Be bold, that's cool. Stand up, okay? That's cool. Hey, and don't, don't feel pressured, okay? That's awesome, man. I'm proud of you guys. Um, listen, and, and again, like I said, stay standing. Some of you guys are sitting out there and you're like, look, I still have questions. And other of you are like, look, I, I made that choice a long time ago and that's awesome. But I need you to know how super cool it is that those that are standing today, like literally the Bible says that there is a party going on in heaven. And if you think a party here on earth is cool, can you imagine a party with God and the angels? I mean, that is sweet. There is a party going on in your name. Okay, you guys can sit back down. Now, here's what we're going to do. Okay, this is really important is we're going to dismiss, uh, Wagonmaster Jeb's going to come up here, and we're going to dismiss, and as we do, if you stood up right now, I'm going to ask that you kind of just stay seated. If you still have some questions, I'm going to ask that you stay seated, and every else, everyone else we're going to dismiss out. Now, Wagonmaster Jeb's going to give a little bit more explanation on that, so here we go.